you are now listening to the Alpha Buddha Podcast. This is your host, Sonny Savage. In this episode, we're going to be talking about SMV, but more specifically, what makes a man high SMV, and also touching on not just what makes a man have high SMV, but just high value in general. So let's get into it. Now, last night on my last live stream, I did talk about this whole thing. I talked about the man's sexual market value, woman's sexual market value, and how they interplay with each other. But the bottom line was, that episode was a hot mess. It was all over the place. And it became more of a rant than a PSA. And it just wasn't up to my personal standards of what it is I want to be producing and the quality of my content. But if y'all are really, really interested in hearing that rant, there is value in it. And I did touch on some important points, but let's just say, how about this? Get 10,000 likes on this video and I'll release this mysterious uh, recording that, you know, didn't make it. But uh, yeah, it'll probably go on Patreon or something because I don't really want this one on YouTube or on my RSS feed. But anyway, yeah, it, but there, it's, it's going to be, a, that is a good episode, but it's not really congruent with my brand and what I normally bring to the table. So first, for those who are not familiar with what SMV is or the concept of SMV, it's sexual market value pertaining to specifically how we rank when it comes to what makes us eligible or desirable in the market of dating, right? What makes a man high SMV? It's actually pretty common knowledge, to be honest. And if you ask most women, they'll tell you pretty candidly. It's like, oh, he's got to be tall, six-pack, you know, well endowed, good money, nice car, you know, handsome, his own place, he can't be living with his mama, <laughs> you know, that, that kind of stuff. When a guy is, you know, making six figures, over six feet, strong jawline, fast car, fit, well endowed, like that guy is the cream of the crop. Most women want that guy. And I said most, because I'm always going to get that knucklehead in the chat that's going to be like, not all, not all, not all, not all. Not all. Not all women want that. Not all, not all. It's like, yeah, I know. Not all women want that guy. Some women want women. <laughs> okay? I get it. But we're not talking about all. We're talking about most. So the information I'm sharing is mostly useful. Not always useful. So y'all better shut the fuck up. 
But anyway, but the, the funny thing is, right, you can have all of those qualities as a man and, in my opinion, still be a low-value person. Those things, those qualities that are so celebrated in society and brought front and center, it doesn't really demonstrate that this man has really got his shit together. And I would argue what makes us high value as men is really what is our internal game like? Who are we on the inside? Now, I'm not trying to excuse the external things because those things do matter, gentlemen. They absolutely matter. And if you're trying to say, oh, well, it's all what's on the inside that counts. Like, yeah, that's what Sonny Savage said. Let's just go with that. That sounds good. I'm not going to try and get my shit together. It's like, no, 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 no. Get your shit together for sure. But the game of what makes you high value goes deeper than that. So, yeah, those things that women talk about absolutely make you more desirable as a man. But what is going to make you not just have a high sexual market value, but just period high value is what is your internal game? How well are you controlling your aggression? Because to me, there's three primary qualities that a man can have that makes him low value. These low value traits, combative, competitive, and supplicative. Now, that last word was kind of like a $6 word, so let me break down what supplicative means. It's that guy who's always kissing ass. The guy who's just trying to be nice to win favors and affection. Just nice to everybody for no reason. You understand what I mean? That's supplicative. Just always trying to get on your good side. He's not really a nice person. He's just too timid and scared to be himself, to be disagreeable. Always says yes to everything, even when it's at his detriment. And I'm actually going to do a whole episode on that guy in particular. Gentlemen, you need to stop doing that. Because it's not just that the nice guy finishes last. The nice guy ends up frustrated and sometimes snaps and hurts a lot of people too. But let's also talk a bit more about combative and competitive. So the combative man, right, is the guy who doesn't have his aggression under control. Is there a time and place for aggression? Absolutely. Aggression can be a very useful tool, but in my experience, it is seldom useful in social interactions. Becoming aggressive in a social environment is almost equal to, emotionally speaking, pulling a gun out in a conversation just to try and get you your way, just to try and get people to pay attention to you and listen to what it is you want. Because you will never foster real respect with aggression. You might get compliance, but you'll also lose respect and those people will resent you. You will never really ascend in their eyes. You will never really get respect and admiration through aggression. 
aggression is good in life-threatening situations, or when you need to be highly competitive, like in a contact game like American football or rugby or something like that. Boxing, Muay Thai, MMA. Yeah, be aggressive there. That's appropriate. When you're sitting around the, the coffee pot, you're, when you're at work, when you're having a, a disagreement, do not be aggressive, gentlemen. There is no need to. I believe it was Confucius who said, he who loses his temper loses the argument. There is nothing more intimidating than a man who can be stoic and calm in a space where most men would lose their shit. It is very unnerving and it just commands respect when you can be stoic, masculine, and non-reactive. Because it's like, oh shit, I would have gotten upset when this happened to me, but this guy, he's still staying cool. And then you immediately grab people's attention with that. That is an incredibly high-value trait. And if y'all ever watched Mad Men, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Keeping cool when most people lose it. That's a high-value trait that as a man you should aspire to attain. Be assertive. But in social circumstances, it almost never serves you to be aggressive unless your life is in danger. And then competitive. Now, again, like I said, being competitive has its time and place, but rarely in social circumstances. When you're that guy walking around trying to convince everybody how big your cock is and, you know, bragging about like your job and the promotions you're going to get and the people you know and what it is you can do and all this kind of stuff like that. It comes across that you are insecure. You know, when you need people to see how awesome you are, how you're the shit, it's like, oh, why is this guy trying to brag about himself all the time? I don't give a fuck about his his hip hop career. You know, why is he trying to, to flex on me? Who am I? What? Why does my opinion matter? But apparently this guy is so insecure, he needs to let me know that, you know, he's coming out with a new album next month, right? Which makes me think that his album ain't worth a damn. So, yeah, this guy's a poser. Because think about it, like, would Drake try and, like, always be bragging about what he's doing next? Nah, man. He's gonna do the thing, let the recognition spill in, and then just say nothing and show up and say, Hey guys, I'm Drake. What's good? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, that thing with triple platinum? I know. It shit happens all the time. You see what I mean? And that was a, a shitty impression of Drake, but you, you get my point. People who have something that's very impressive, they don't feel the need to flex. You know? See, that's how I know I'm talking to somebody who's broke, where they're always trying to talk about how rich they are, or how they got it like that. Because I've actually worked with millionaires before. I've had a millionaire mentor. And... He almost never talked about his money. He almost never talked about his financial prowess. And when he did talk about it, he talked about how it's helped his life out tremendously in some places, but in other places, 
it would be nice to just have things go back to normal. You see what I mean? That's how you know the person's for real. So the question is, right, how do you attain those things? How do you become stoic as opposed to combative, right, aggressive? How do you remain modest as opposed to competitive? And how do you learn to say no instead of always saying yes and trying to kiss ass? Well, it starts with this one fundamental mindset, gentlemen, that you have to have the feeling that no matter what happens, I will be okay. Once you imbibe that into your very soul and you say, this is me. I'm going to be okay. I don't need to impress these people. I don't need these people to like me. I don't need these people to know what I'm doing. I don't need to try and win this argument. I'm going to be okay. When that becomes just the way you move through life, these low value traits just fall away like a vestigial growth or something. I'm speaking from experience. Because I had, at one point, all three of these negative traits. I seeked for approval outside of myself. I struggled with keeping my aggression under control, which is terrifying, because I'm almost six foot four and, like, over 300 pounds. That's scary. You know, it's like a, an angry bull coming at you. I'm not necessarily a violent person, but the people I'm dealing with don't know that. And I could definitely see how that made me lose trust and respect in my social circles. I remember when I was a kiss-ass. Didn't do nothing for me. Just ended up hurting me and making people disrespect me. Because it's how, yeah, well, Sonny will always say yes. Be a high-value man inside and out. <clears throat> Become fit. Get that six-pack. You know, do what you can to max your looks. Because, gentlemen, looks absolutely do matter. They really, really do. Uh, I was actually talking to one of my female colleagues, who's also an online personality, a streamer. And she was asking in a public forum, she's like, Hmm, is it okay if uh, you're dating a guy and you guys don't share the same language? I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Pump the brakes, girl. What are you talking about? It's like, well, you know, there's this guy, I mean, I really like his, you know, he's so calm and he's got a nice smile. And I was like, he's probably hot, right? That's what, that's what I'm looking at. This is, this is what this really is. I was like, tell me real quick, be honest. If this man was short, bald, fat, ugly, bad breath and worse teeth, would you still be so impressed by him being so calm and gentle. Stuff that. No, absolutely not. And she admitted it too. She's like, yeah, well, no. Why would I do, why would I want that? I was like, exactly. You, you just like him because he's handsome. You just like him because like he gives you the tangles and floods the basement. But that's, that's what I'm talking about, gentlemen. Looks really matter. And not everybody here is going to be Brad Pitt. Not everybody here is going to be Jeremy Meeks. You know. Some of us just didn't win the genetic lottery. And that's okay. It is what it is. We got to make do with what we got. 
but you can change your external appearance dramatically just by being as fit as possible, making sure that your hygiene is, hygiene is on point, and, you know, you have a haircut and beard style if you rock on facial hair that suits your persona, your image. And then when it comes to the external things, yeah, you need a skill. You need a trade. If you're just flipping burgers and stuff like that, you need to think, okay, I, I need to step my game up. I either need to go back to school or I need to get a trade or I need to do something with my talents because you're never going to get six figures flipping burgers unless you're in like some, I don't know, Gordon Ramsay three-star Michelin restaurant. You understand what I'm saying? Step your game up, gentlemen. And also when it comes to those other things that women tout about, well, you absolutely need to get your own place. Having roommates ain't going to cut it. But that doesn't come cheap or easy. That's why you got to step your financial game up. Once your finances is up, then you can easy get, easily get that car as well. Right? And as far as how well endowed you are, you know, the, the old question, does size matter? Well, let me tell you, I'm not going to try and brag or flex on it, but let's just say when I lived in the States, I had to get Magnum XLs. But honestly speaking, that shit really didn't do much for me as far as my game in the bedroom. Okay. So you guys out there who feel like, oh, if I had a big cock, then that would be the, the end all be all. No, 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 absolutely not. This might be a little TMI, but, uh, there's actually been some interesting studies of women in Central Africa habitually cheating on their men because that shit's just way too long and it hurts. So they actually go after guys who are a bit shorter in that department because you know, it doesn't feel like they're getting impaled. Um, I actually dated a girl who allegedly had a boyfriend. No, actually, it was her ex-husband. Poor thing. This guy was rocking over 12 inches. Not, not just 12 inches, but she said it was, it was thick, like a Pringles can. <sighs> Jesus. That man was laying so much pipe, the uh, Alaskan pipelines got jealous. But she said that, yeah, it was, it was huge, but he didn't know how to use it and it just hurt like hell. So when it comes to the bedroom, you will be amazed how you can step your game up just by learning the female's anatomy. Once you understand that foreplay is important, once you understand how to use your hands and mouth and to also get in her head, because the most erotic part of a woman's body is her mind. You get in there, shh, it's game over. And if you doubt what I'm saying, right? If you feel that I'm just trying to make you feel better, if you weren't blessed below the waist, stop and think about this. Lesbians are usually known to be much better lovers than your average man. But how big is their dick? Exactly. Exactly. You know, they don't got one. And if they do got one, they keep it in the nightstand or the closet, which is also an option for you, gentlemen, if you're rocking a micro. 
You feel me? But yeah. Step your game up. Step it up in the bedroom. Step it up in your finances. Step it up in your fitness. But most importantly, step it up internally. Do away with these three low-value traits. Stop being competitive. Stop being combative. And stop kissing ass. Once you have all of those things on point, then you will ascend to the very, very, very top of the male dominance social hierarchy. Your sexual market value will be off the charts once you can master everything I talked about in this podcast. And with that, I will end this PSA. So thank you so much for listening to this episode. You could have been listening to anything else, but you decided to listen to this. And for that, I truly appreciate it. We'll catch you next time.